and welcome to a special edition crossover episode of two of the Daily Nebraskans' finest podcast, The Game and You Heard It Queer First. Uh, we're teaming up today because um, we had a magazine project this last month, which was centered around uh, health and safety as well as sexual assault and sexual well-being. So a natural concept that got up, um, brought up a lot through this project was the lack of comprehensive sex education that a lot of people have, especially in the state of Nebraska. So we wanted to combine um, forces on our respective podcasts together and discuss our experiences with sex education, sex represented in media, and then we'll conclude with some just really quick um, sex ed myth busting. So let's get into it. Yeah. Well, first we have to do the intros for your guys' podcast. Yes. So... Yeah, if you haven't heard, you heard it queer first. We always give our name, our pronouns, our sexuality, and what media we're consuming at the moment. So I can go first. I'm Sid, uh, they, them. I am a lesbian, and I just finished Orin High School Host Club, and I'm still riding that high. <laughs> I'm Emma, she, her. I'm bisexual, and I just finished a book called The Secret History by Donna Tart. Um, I'm Haley, she, her bisexual a lot like emma (laughs) um and uh i don't know i've been watching riverdale a lot (laughs) (laughs) the ultimate shame (laughs) um i'm jonna she her and say it uh, (laughs) say it you have something you coward I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Just kidding. Not really. Um, <laughs> don't. I know you're not kidding. I deserve it. It's, it's okay. We accept you. Thank it you. It wasn't a choice. You were born and all. I, honestly, <laughs> I'm just like this. Um, and I don't know. Um, I started... What have I been doing? <laughs> I don't remember anything. I'm making Cody and I watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing to media consumption. Cool. Done. Nice. I also started watch- reading a book. What it's book? a self-help book. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's called Chop Wood, Carry Water. Is it helping? It does. I read it before bed after I journal. Your cute. life sounds altogether so it's boring so and so interesting. You sound exactly like my thirty-year-old sister who's married with two kids. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jonna is the thirty-year-old sister. Jonna journals and then ends the evening with a bit of light reading. So, oh. After watching Game of Thrones, <laughs> watching Game of Thrones with her boyfriend Cody. <laughs> um. Okay. I so cry. enough. Enough bullying, Jonna. Um, should we get into it? Let's get yeah. into it. Let's talk about sex. Baby, Baby. let's talk about you and me. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. I mean, perfect. That was beautiful. Okay, so sex. <laughs> um, what is it? Who is it? Is it well, real? Okay, what Is was it? your guys' experience with sex education? Yeah, let's start there. Who would like to start there? Well, Haley and I went to the, the same district. Like, so we were both Millard public school kids. Mm. And I don't know about you, but like, we did the like Tate method. 
like where they would like line boys up in the front of the room and then stick a piece of tape on their arm and then be like, see this piece of tape and how it's less sticky. This is a woman after she has sex. Icky. So that did not happen at my Millard High School. Um, we just did like abstinence only. Yeah. And I remember we had like a slideshow of like STDs that you can yeah, have. Yeah, we did that too. Was it um, like a, like an it, old woman? Yeah. Woman? Yeah. And showed like <laughs> terrifying pictures of like, genital warts and that was for some people like the first time they had ever seen like genitalia that wasn't oh, their own <laughs> and it was with like golf ball sized warts <laughs> and like rashes on like the lip like it was oh. honestly it was a scare tactic it was fear mongering did you also have the people from that one Christian Women's Center come in to build the cake of relationships and how sex is at the top and so you should never focus on it? No. Oh, we did that. Wow, Miller South. Yeah, your school <laughs> sounds a lot worse. It was. Um, <laughs> no love lost. Hmm. Um, we also had somebody come in from the same Christian Women's Center. I found out it was a Christian Center afterwards, but of course they can't say it because it's public school. Um, they had like this... like very nice, very attractive lady come in and talk to us. And she started out very like youth pastory. Mm -hmm. If like you have any like trauma in the church, um, where they're like, Hey kids, like I'm just <laughs> like you. And then they like really get into like rhetoric. And mm -hmm. she would tell this whole story of like a girl of how she falls in love. And then she decides to have sex and she gives like a little piece of her heart away. And she has like a paper heart. And they, like, tear it apart. They're like, and ever since she had sex that first time, she just kept on giving pieces of her heart away till she didn't have any more left. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I remember that, but, like, very vaguely. We also had a woman with um, HIV AIDS come in to our health class and talk to us about, like, how she contracted it um, from it her boyfriend and how she had, like, lost her vision and she came in middle school I remember her yeah she was middle school for us but I'm still kind of like looking back now I'm like all of that was really messed up because it sounds like that could be relatively educational yeah it sounds like it wasn't to if you. they yeah if they were saying HIV is bad here's how to prevent it like condoms you know no safe sex no. tactics but I feel like that's what it was it was don't have well she actually for from what I remember she said have safe sex, mm -hmm. but I remember the teacher oh. was like, ah, 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 ah. no, 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 don't tell them, no. So they brought her in as like a form of fear mongering, and my teacher, the teacher was like, and that's it for today, everybody. Like, he got really like, he kind of interrupted her, mm -hmm. uh, but she was like, hey, safe sex practices prevent HIV AIDS, Good you know. Her. Good for her. Pop off for me. I hope she's doing okay. For real. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. True. Oh, no. That was mine. Yeah, um, I went to high school in a D.C. suburb in Maryland, so it was pretty she-she. Um, we got some actual sex ed. Damn. Yeah, it was, um, it was fun. We got to, I got to make, like, a uh, poster that compared all the different types of, like, birth control and their pros and cons for a project. Um, so, yeah, that was, like, pretty cool. I don't have a ton of qualms with the way my sex ed was conducted um there were some things that my teacher just didn't know like I was like in class one day and she was talking about condoms and she's like a female condom and I was like how does the female condom work and she was like like the male one and I was like but 
it doesn't extrude. And she was like, you talk to me after class. And then I tried to talk to her and she avoided me. Um, which, you know, yeah, I guess maybe I didn't need to know about the female condom at age 14. But I was curious. And you should have you been, should have been like, able to know able that. To know that. Yeah, she just didn't know. Um, and then, yeah, we talked a lot about STDs and diseases. And we talked a little wee bit about queer identities. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had the gender bread person. No, that's oh way God. too like Wait, advanced that, like for the, us. Like part is like the brain and mm-hmm. then the clothes and mm-hmm. the heart. Yeah. yeah. The gender bread person is a graphic that like liberal people <laughs> use to describe sexuality and gender expression and orientation. Um, and all those things. So like you can see like the person like in their head is like where they have their like gender um identity and then in their clothing is their gender expression in their heart is like their sexuality and it's supposed to like teach you how all of those things are separate but it just mm. felt very patronizing which i guess you know if you're teaching high school kids about like gay people maybe you have to be a little patronizing but it was exhausting for me to sit there as just a little queer person and have them be like this is what gender expression is gender expression exists on a spectrum I was like, yeah, I'm existing on it right now. <laughs> You're like, I know. I've been there. I've been all around the spectrum. Right we had the wave. gender elephant. <laughs> now that you bring that up, it was a little elephant. What? what? They did that. Wait, what? That sounds Wait, adorable. I kind of remember that. Was it like also, a stuffed elephant or like a diagram? Um, see, I've been in therapy for a while, <laughs> and we're uncovering a lot from my childhood. So suddenly I remember things. Oh, no. Okay. It's wearing a yeah, suit. Yeah, it's like the same yep. exact thing. <laughs> Okay, yeah. beautiful. The gender elephant. They, He's in a little tuxedo. They do look a little uh, infantilized. Yeah. 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 It's very, I could see, it looks like something that I would see on like, I don't know, Disney Channel. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like in an elementary school, mm-hmm. which is like. Mm. I also feel like there's no acknowledgement of like asexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just is like. Yeah, we definitely didn't have, for all that the uh, sex they talked about with us, there really wasn't any talk about asexuality. And though they did mention, like, gender stuff and, like, queer stuff, they didn't talk about queer sex at all. Like, everything they said was focused on, like, uh, penis and vagina sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. I went to an OPS high school, so we're still in Nebraska, but a different school district. Um, and I actually opted out of my sex ed You were one of those kids. It was allowed, and the thing is, it was very, very common among AP students to opt out so you could take another class and get more credits. You're too smart to learn about sex, baby. And we commenced the Emma bullying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, two down, two to go. (laughs) But um, I had a lot of friends who did take it, and from what I was told, it was relatively comprehensive you know it was talked about a lot of different contraceptives a lot of different stis we didn't talk about contraceptives at all i don't know what your school was on we did at miller north but yeah it's my understanding that they they talked about you know it wasn't absent abstinence only they talked about like how to like the stages of a relationship how to spot like red flags in a relationship they taught kind of extensively about like rape culture, especially on college campuses. Whoa, Whoa. I didn't even have we that. got like a week unit about K2. That I, was it. <laughs> I but it, they showed a, a movie 
and I can't for the life of me remember what it's called, but it like scared a lot of my female friends, like a lot really badly. Like some of them were like, I don't want to send in my college applications now. What was it about? Because we had to watch a movie, too, about, like, this girl who's dating this guy, and it's about abusive relationships. No, it was, like, a documentary. Oh, it was something about, like, mind. it was called, like, The Hunting Grounds or oh. the, pla- the Prowling Grounds <gasps> Lady Gaga like wrote uh, Till It Happens to You for that movie, and it's actually a really good documentary. Okay. Well, it scared some of my friends I, it, I bet it would scare them half to death, yeah. but it, I do know that documentary. But, like I said, I never took these classes. So how did you go about educating yourself um i so i used that little ap brain (laughs) and i was like emma's an only child i was like scholar.google.com and typed in sex (laughs) but yeah i i knew that i probably shouldn't go to like just any old movie or like to pornhub to (laughs) find this stuff out this our sex ed was sophomore year by the way Mm -hmm. so like most of us had already heard some things, knew some things. We weren't like nine, but I found this YouTube channel uh, hosted by a sex therapist called Sexplanations, like explanations, but for mm-hmm. sex. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we connected. That. Yeah, we've got it. <laughs> and so I, I started watching this YouTube channel, and she had like really comprehensive stuff mm-hmm. about queer sex, about straight sex, about trans sex, from like vanilla to kink, which maybe at sophomore year 15 <laughs> wasn't what I should have been watching, but I, I would watch these videos for fun. I would be like, I do wonder how to give the ultimate blow job. Yeah. Fully knowing that I was only attracted to women at the time. Look, we all read like smut on Wattpad. <laughs> Like we knew what sex was at fifteen. We were reading reading shit. Yeah. Was I the only one with that? Or? No, I was on fanfiction.net. Yeah, I used to masturbate to Cosmo articles about sex tips. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like I kind of did that too. Like, yeah, like not even like actual stuff. It was just like do this and like match your breathing to your partners. And I was like, those sex tips are like so oh, jank yeah. too. I know, I know. I'm like like reading them now. Like I still have a Cosmopolitan subscription. Like I still get the physical magazine once a month, and I'll be reading it like before bed. And I'm just like, I don't think that would work that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think the Kama Sutra said that. <laughs> like, but yeah, that's what I did. That's fair. I, I just unlocked a memory in my brain. Um, when I was in middle school, I used to teach my friends how to give blowjobs on bananas. <laughs> you were that kid. No. Well, Uh, speaking of masturbation, did any of your sex ed classes, like, talk about it at all? No. I don't think so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. mine mine didn't, which is, I think, interesting, because I think it's an important part of the sex process, being able to, like, know yourself and be comfortable touching yourself so that you can be comfortable touching other people, um, if you so please. And I think people just don't want to talk about that. It's even more taboo than sex, I feel like. When I was in high school, I was in AP psychology. Oh my god, me too. Oh my god, me too. Oh my god. We had the sex we had the sex like topic, like unit yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like it talked about masturbation. And I remember my professor, not uh, my teacher, he's not a professor, <laughs> just handed out like a packet of all the notes and he was like, I'm uncomfortable talking about this what? out loud. And was like, here, like this will be on the test. You guys need to read it yourself. I've highlighted the most important parts and like 
You are a grown man. You're yeah. a grown man. Let's talk, talk about, about masturbation. Just, just talk like, about okay, it. so it, here's like, the, the psychology thing. of it. Not even here's it. the thing. It's very normal for this. Is what I was about to say. So it is very <laughs> normal for like infant, like infants touch themselves. Young children start masturbating and touching themselves. Obviously, they're not sexually mature and nothing happens. Like they don't achieve orgasm. But it is very normal for like children in their development as they are learning about their bodies and what their bodies do to just start like touching themselves. And like that is very normal. And the fact that it is more demonized than I think actual sex Mm -hmm. because ultimately it doesn't, there's this whole like institutionalized concept surrounding sex and like any sex that doesn't result in procreation is immediately like demonized Mm -hmm. for some reason. Um, and like, that's why masturbation is like not talked about because just like how oral sex, anal sex, digital sex, um, the use of sex toys and masturbation falls under that category of sex that doesn't result in procreation. Oh, so mm. it must be just dirty and sinful and gross when the reality is it's just sex and all sex is created equally. Pop off. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much we want to linger on masturbation, but I feel like I could say a lot about it. Oh. <laughs> Ugh. Can't, like, couldn't we all? <laughs> I just like I just never knew how to do it. Like I don't think at first I was like I'm not doing it right, and then I realized there's no right way to do it. But like I, it was even harder than to find like how to have sex. It was harder to find like how to masturbate. Like I read in books. I read in one of the Princess Diaries books. I think no, it was another book by Meg Cabot. Meg Cabot. Yeah. I remember and those her, books. And the the character was like laying in the bathtub, and she like put her vagina under the like tub faucet and was like so I tried doing that and I was like this is terrible what is going on uncomfy (laughs) yeah Mm. I was just very very confused about it well something when I was doing my art my interview about like pornography for the magazine that one of the sex educators that I was speaking to talked about is how comprehensive sex ed just means that it's not abstinence only Mm -hmm. so comprehensive sex ed does not mean that it talks about queer sex it doesn't mean that it talks about um contraceptive it just means that it kind of mentions sometimes other ways to have sex so what is particularly lacking even in comprehensive sex ed curriculums is pleasure is like the concept of pleasure because guess what sex is not just for procreation sex is something in which intimacy and vulnerability is achieved it's something that's fun and it's an activity that brings like people closer together regardless of how a person identifies or lives in the world sex is something in one way shape or form kind of connects us all <laughs> and it's really important for some people i mean there are like marriages have been broken up over, over sex. sex oh yeah people cheat on their spouses because of their sexual pleasure needs are not Mm -hmm. being fulfilled because it is directly linked to somebody's sense of self-worth like there's like in typically in like monogamous couplings there's the high desire partner and the low desire partner typically obviously it can like vary but typically there is a higher desire partner and a lower desire partner and the low desire partner has a lot of the power within that dynamic because they are the one that is perceived to reject the other one. If they aren't in the mood, if they're too tired, if they're too stressed out. And so like just that, like, and 
how rejection interacts within the human brain, like can really like great on a person emotionally, like sex is emotional, it's spiritual, it's mental, it's physical. And the fact that we just blatantly leave out, especially like pleasure for people with vulvas specifically, it's, there's like this book called the circumcision says the circumcision of the female body in which any kind of mentioning in which people with vulvas enjoy sex is considered uh, taboo. Uh, and it, it's basically the history of that. Um, like, we're still feeling that today. Like, there's no, there's no mention of pleasure, which is a part of sex and an important part of sex because every party involved in that activity should enjoy themselves. Yeah, and at the same time, like, you're talking about the low desire and the high desire partner, and it's like... <clears throat> while sex is, like, an important way for people to connect, Mm -hmm. when you don't want to have sex, it does not mean that you personally are offended, like, don't like the other person. I know my ex would Mm -mm. get really upset if I didn't want to have sex. He'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm like, am I too fat right now? And it's like, no, I literally Mm -mm. am just tired. Yeah. And and it wasn't just once. Like, he would do that constantly and Mm -hmm. made me feel bad about rejecting him, which is a terrible and toxic thing. Yeah, very. And not not with him anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm almost a year clean. Oh no, I'm over. It's been over a year. Oh, pop off. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks. Say hi to Katie for me. Well, yeah, but because well, we link, we like link like self worth mm-hmm. to sex too much, and then we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like we don't communicate about yeah. it. Like with my like in my relationship, like we whenever something happens sexually that's like a little embarrassing or a little like abnormal, like we just talk about it. Like, nobody's going to feel, like, bad if, like, someone's not in the mood or if, like, Mm -hmm. something kind of awkward or weird happens. Like, and, like, the reason that's good is because it's, like, we feel comfortable communicating, but we're not taught to do that because we didn't have sex ed at all. Like, not, I'm a big believer that comprehensive sex ed should be introduced in preschool like it is in uh, Sweden and Norway because they have a really good program And they teach children about their bodies. They teach them the scientific language referring to their bodies. They teach them that uh, adults need to have consent to touch them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, as they grow up, they keep having this sex ed curriculum. And uh, they have the lowest rate of, like, STI spread. They have the lowest rate of, like, teenage unplanned pregnancy and because sex isn't taboo, they also typically wait till later in their development to have sex. Like I the know. same thing with alcohol and the drinking age. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what? almost like if you give kids like the tools <laughs> to understand something, but don't make it forbidden, mm-hmm. they'll understand it's it like and be children, safe. Like not be curious about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It really young. It's mm-hmm. almost like children are like smarter than we think, <laughs> and like we don't give them enough credit of just being small humans. I mean, you say that, but when I was in third grade, I thought sex was when a dude um, took his penis and did it between, like, a woman's boobs. Like, <laughs> motorboarding? Like, I thought that was, like, That's not sex. motorboarding. Yeah, that's not motorboarding. Wait, what's babe. motorboarding? <laughs> it's when you put your face between the boobs. Let's do some Why sex would you do that? Because you go... And it's what motorboat. You, <laughs> well, you can also, like, motorboat, like, down below. I hate sex. <laughs> this is why. This is why. This is bad for branding, Sid. Stop. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sex is great. I hate all the funky words and the like. You don't know what they mean, and there's all these terms. What you're re- referring to is um, titty f bomb because I can't say that word, but that's what it's called. Okay. Well, I, I thought just that was how babies were made. Why was I about to say a boob job? <laughs> a boob job. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would make sense to me. I like that. that I would had make a friend sense to my freshman year who thought that she could get pregnant if she swallowed ejaculation. You can. Um, Wait, no, what? you can't. <laughs> I was like, Emma, you need sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly, we, sex clearly sex someone opted out of their sex life. Enough. Um, do you guys want to talk about the recent news that happened in Nebraska concerning sex ed? Makes just really uh, tickles my pickle, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So basically, back in March, the Nebraska State Board of Education introduced some measures to have more, like you said, quote unquote, comprehensive sex education. It was going to talk a little more about like queer identities and stuff. Um, probably not talking about like pleasure or anything like that, but parents did not like that because apparently they wanted to teach their kids about sex ed, except none of them do. So they just don't want their kids to know. Um, so I was finding that Rick had said it sh- like sex ed should be taught at home. And the things that he had a problem with were human growth and development, oral sex, anal sex, gender identity, and non-traditional family structures. How do you have a problem with human growth and development? Like, <laughs> you're talking to, like, <laughs> middle schoolers who you best in. It was under that section. Those were the things. Okay. Like, that was, like, the overarching Yeah. Proposal. So Ricketts, Ricketts was not a big fan. So there's a petition to eliminate, like, the Board of Education's power and replace it with an education commissioner and office of education, which is held accountable to the governor. Um, and so that would just mean that Pete Ricketts would sit in his little thing and people would be like, Pete, should we teach these kids what anal sex is? And he'll be like, no. And then no one in Nebraska will ever know what anal sex is. Dude, Douglas County had like the highest STI infection rate, like in the nation for a while. We're literally called like the chlamydia capital of the world. Go us. (laughs) It's because of like stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And now we're trying to make it even less comprehensive. What little sex ed we do have. That's not going to keep anyone safe. Teen pregnancy rates are going to go up. STI rates are going to go up and people are going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and if it's like parents are going to teach it at home, like Emma, did your parents ever say like, oh, you skipped sex ed, let's talk? No. What was your at-home sex education like? I think my mom at some point said like, girls have a hole in the front that like uh, <laughs> a, a boy's <laughs> penis goes in. <laughs> she, said, in she said in the front and that led me to believe for a while that like when I grew up, a hole would like develop. <laughs> Like, just below my belly button. And that that was where sex would happen. How old were you? Very young. Okay, fair. When I was little, I thought male gay sex, like, one of their penises, like, opened up and the other one entered it. I thought that, too. (laughs) Anyway. Your mom told you there was a hole. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that's all she told me. What were your guys's? Um, I was forced to sign a purity contract oh by your parents. At 13, my mother forced me to sign a purity contract at 13 and have a purity ring. I got sex ed from my mom at about eight years old. I came home one day. I used to just t- check out tons of books from the library and I checked out a dictionary that had a bunch of like pictures. It was just like a life. I think it was like a biology textbook, honestly. And Nerd. huh? Nerd. You're going to look you. at me. It says Nerd. you. Yeah. It says you. 
Watching sex explained YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sex sex explained. Sex explanations. Explanations. They're very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like brought this like book home and one of the like pages was about like the human gestation period and like pregnancy. And so my mom explained to me like in depth with the pictures and the explanations what sex was. Because I had asked, because some girl told me that sex was when a boy puts his uh, pee-pee in a girl's butt. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I, mean, that is a form of sex. That is a form of sex. (laughs) So I was on to something. (laughs) Um, But then she explained it to me and she was honestly like kind of sex positive when I was younger. And then as we got older, got super sex negative. I had to sign a purity contract and wear a purity ring. Even though I was 13, I didn't know what sex was. And it gave me this terrible complex. Like I thought I was going to go to hell and God hated me because I like didn't think that I should wait till marriage. Um, my sex education was my mom threw a book at me <sighs> from church that had like a girl on it um, <laughs> that I didn't read it. And- <laughs> That was the extent of that. (laughs) My sex education, there are several layers to this, and they're steeped in queer trauma. Um, So, first of all, um, I had an ex in high school, and we dated for like a year and a half, and as I was going into my junior year, I decided I wanted to have sex. And so when my mom and I were driving back from Nashville, it was a 10-hour drive, on hour like four, I decided to say, hey, mom, I want to be on birth control. Um, I didn't plan time that well at all, um, but I was just getting really nervous. I wanted to tell her and she was like, kind of like, oh my God, like, are you serious? Like sex is a really big thing. Like sex is going to like change your relationship. She said that to me. She said like, when you have sex, your relationship is not the same. And I was like, okay, but like we've done like, other stuff. so, and it hasn't changed. Um, but I, I didn't tell her that, but she was really really cagey about it. And then she told me that I couldn't be on birth control until after basketball season. I, I don't know why. So I asked her for it in August, and I got on birth control in April um, because she just decided that basketball season needed to happen before I could have sex, I guess. Did you play basketball? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was on the basketball team. We need to watch the Knicks win before you get on birth control. Yes, March Madness has to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was on the basketball team. I think, yeah, and that was another thing because I guess she didn't want me to be, like, distracted. Um, so there was that. And then I got on birth control and then she just sort of didn't talk to me about it for a bit. And then when I came out as non-binary, um, she just, she was really concerned. So my partner in high school is also non-binary, but they have a penis. And so my mom was like really, really concerned. She was like, you understand that like you could still get pregnant from having sex with them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know how biology works. And she's like, but you don't think you're a girl. And I was like, no, but like, that doesn't mean I can't you know, have babies. I understand that biologically that's how it works. I'm not denying my biology. And she's been like very worried about the fact that I identify as non-binary. And when I was having sex with people with penises, she was just really worried that I didn't click in my head that if, if that the sperm would make me pregnant, um, even though I was on birth control at that time. And then I just sort of got off birth control, like, about seven months ago, I just stopped taking it because I ran out of refills and I was didn't feel like getting more and I wasn't dating anyone and now I have a girlfriend so I don't need it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fun stuff. So no one got like pretty good sex at at home. No. no. So there's yeah. your proof, Pete Ricketts. Yeah, <laughs> Pete. 
Um, well, I think what a lot of kids do is like they don't get sex ed in school or, or at home, mm-hmm. and so then they like turn to either like porn or like media. Like mm-hmm. they're like, well, I saw this episode this one time, and that is what sex looks like. So that's what I have to emulate. Mm-hmm. When the reality is like that's also like really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I know when I was, like, first, like, getting into some, like, heavy petting with my first partner, like, I, d- I didn't notice at the time, but, like, thinking about it, I definitely was, like, emulating things I'd seen on TV mm-hmm. as, like, forms of, like, kissing and, like, moving my hands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all, it was all very, like, I was just reacting as I thought I should. Mm-hmm. Me too, I think, when I first, like, was sexually active. Like, it was just, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, so I'm just going to, like participate in this activity it's like you're playing a role yeah which is kind of messed up in and of itself like that's really unhealthy i used to have really weird out-of-body experiences whenever i would have sex like i would like i'd be like this isn't happening to me this is happening to somebody else and i'd like like see myself like i'd see i'd look down at myself (laughs) jonah astral projecting sometimes it happens when like the sex is really good no no i'm not it was never good. <laughs> no, it was like I was just dissociating really hard, mm-hmm. like during sex or even like making out or anything like that. And I like said that to a friend of mine and she was like, Jonna, right? that means you're really traumatized. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we just accept like that things should be bad. Like when I was giving blowjobs, whenever mm-hmm. I would give blowjobs, I would sing a little song in my head to make it go faster. It was... um yeah, so whenever I hear that song, I get traumatized now. But, like, yeah, I would sing, and then I'd get to the end of the song, and sometimes I wouldn't be done, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I have to start the song again. And it was just, like, a chore I had to get through. Mm-hmm. And, like, no one ever told me that, like, that's not, like, no one ever told me that, like, you could enjoy giving a blowjob and that, like, even, and if you don't, like, you just shouldn't give them. Yeah. I had no mm-hmm. idea that any people, like, actually enjoyed giving blowjobs. I was like, mm-hmm. there's no way anyone enjoys this. I didn't know I could say no to one. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, 17, and my boyfriend, after, like, probably, like, eight months of us dating, like, drove me to the middle of Lake Sarinsky on January at, like, midnight and was basically, like, do it. <sighs> And I like did, I was like really scared and I like didn't want to do it. And I was really grossed out at the time. And I ended up doing it because I just wanted him to be like nice to me again. And like I had a really negative association with that. And I didn't know that that wasn't normal. Like I thought everyone hated blowjobs. I thought everybody like their first couple of sexual experiences were like kind of scary. But that's not the case. Do you like giving blowjobs now? Yes, with my current partner, I do. Do you like them? I do. I think that... So I wanted to say something about this earlier when you were talking about... um, I don't remember anyways. But I feel (laughs) like we are, like, trained that, like, we need... Uh, we need to make someone with a penis finish. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. if they don't, like we are doing something mm-hmm. wrong. There's something wrong like, with us. Like we aren't good enough. Like I remember mm-hmm. like the first time, like someone didn't finish after I did like something to them. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, I, I literally cried and I was like, I like, I I'm so bad at this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why? I don't know why. Are, Cause mm-hmm. like I, I learned this from mm-hmm. like, just like, this societal expectation mm-hmm. that like sex is to like please other people instead of like putting my yeah, own ones yeah. and needs first. No, I mean, and th- while we're on the subject of that, first of all, like people with penises, like it is very common for some of them to have like 
problems with like finishing because it's a very like mental thing. Sometimes they finish really quickly. Other times they don't finish at all. And that is very normal. And I feel like there's a really big stigma associated with people with penises. Like if they finish too quickly or they don't finish and then like their partner takes it like personally, Mm -hmm. like that's just kind of part of sex like that's just kind of part of being human sometimes you finish quickly other times you don't and there shouldn't be a stigma yeah, associated it shouldn't be about the destination it no should be about it should be the journey yeah. sex yeah. is not Whoa. a linear concept yeah. sex is not linear like if you don't listen to anything else that we said today like remember that sex sex is not linear you can like start doing one thing and then go to another that one and then like take a break and have a snack and then like go at it and like do this again and like it is like a very nuanced concept that is not just like, okay, get from point A to point B as quick as possible because that's how you end up in a loveless, sexless relationship, mm. whoever you are. So, what even is sex? That's the question. What is sex? In, I would say, in which more than, in which a person engages with certain body parts in order to experience some kind of biological pleasure. Well, because you still have erogenous zones, like even the art genitalia or like, you were just using that as like a, no uh, euphemism for genitalia. And I was no. going to say like, what if someone likes like their ear getting, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like your neck or yeah, like yeah, your yeah. nipples or like various places are erogenous. Yeah. Zones. So when you say that someone just like giving you like a hickey on your neck, is that sex? To you? you know what? Do you consider it sex? No, but do you, you think put- somebody out there would? I don't know. I if don't know they what- do with sex, I think okay. sex is defined by the individual. Exactly. How Valid. do you guys personally define sex? Yeah. Is John, John, is that yours? Just I like- think sex is defined by the individual. How okay, but like, how do you define it? How do I define it? Yeah. I would John say, I would say sex involves, for me, I would define it as somebody physically engaging with my genitalia or my very private like areas that most people do not see. That's what I would consider it to be, you know? So I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't think of a better definition right now, but I think I, as someone who has only ever had sex with women, I don't know why this is still in my head. I still think that sex is penetrative. There mm-hmm. has to be a phallus of wah, some kind. Wah, wah. I don't consider any, <laughs> I hate that this is the proper term, digital <laughs> things that I've done. Sex, true sex, but I don't is consider. Penetrative. Yeah. That's phallus, phallic. Though. That's no, like this. A, no, a phallus. Let me, here, this is. <laughs> <laughs> what does phallus mean? <laughs> it means penis shaped. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't... Con- <laughs> so it's like the balls and the... Yeah, I feel like that's penis shape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't consider... Some people God, only have one ball. The individual... Okay, the individual... <laughs> <laughs> Just Haley out here going on a soliloquy about balls. Body positivity for <laughs> balls. Yes, honestly. But yeah, I don't consider any of the oral things I've done to be truly sex. It all feels like foreplay. And that, for me, something with a sex toy of some kind would be true sex. But foreplay is a form of sex. Well, I think, I think it's, there's no harm in Emma yeah. not oh, yeah. identifying yeah. that. I'm not, I'm not like critiquing <laughs> yeah. you. Got I'm just it. kind yeah. of like, yeah. like, no, like, no, 
like I'm not critiquing yeah, yeah. you. I'm more just kind of like I I I think it's interesting mm-hmm. like how different people define sex because I defined the time the time I lost my virginity as the first blowjob I gave. Mm-hmm. Virginity isn't real. Virginity yeah. is a social construct. I didn't lose anything. The time I first had sex was the first blowjob I gave. I thought the thing was about to get awkward. Uh, <laughs> you just had a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> just like intuitively, I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, as long as you're not saying that like someone is or isn't a virgin by your standards. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that anyone is or is not virgins because virginity isn't real. It's not real at all. How do you define sex? Uh, That's an interesting question. As someone who has discovered their sexuality, like as a lesbian, like I was in a het passing relationship when I like realized, well, so I thought I was a lesbian in like fifth grade. And then I went through like a lot of different identities and I thought I was bisexual. Um, And so I dated several people with penises and I never really enjoyed any of it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that that was normal. Um, So then I was, you know, figuring out my sexuality and, I think that I don't I don't know what I would consider sex for like a man and a woman. I don't th- think that any of the stuff I did with dudes I feel like honestly more than like being more than like losing my virginity it felt like violating which is just like a trauma thing and a me thing. Mm-hmm. Um but now I feel like so I had like one hookup with a girl and we like ate each other out and like she fingered me and I think that's sex and we're completely naked. But I also think that when you're just like making out, you can be like fully clothed. I mean, to me, sex is just kind of, sorry, this is like a rant, but (laughs) sex is just kind of like when you're with another person alone and you're intimate and you're close physically, um, you can be like kissing or like necking or, you know, whatever. And then when you guys like, when you just are doing stuff and then you come to a natural ending where you guys like stop doing this stuff and then you like cuddle together. I think that's sex no matter what you do. Like that's a form of sex to me. I agree. I like that definition more than my own. (laughs) I get so (laughs) I changed my definition of sex. (laughs) Not today, just when I wanted to 20 minutes ago. (laughs) No. Um, I think for me personally, sex is when I reach an orgasm, no matter what. Okay. Okay. I like that. Pop off. That's That's, yep. So, so it's it's not sex if you didn't come. Yeah. Yeah. So like it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) So that means I only have one body. Two. Two. That's body it. count isn't real. Body yeah. count isn't real. It's not John a real thing. John, I can feel the, the traumatized past that's <laughs> coming up and haunting you. Honestly, yeah. it's it really just like sits in every fiber of the skin. I think I say it satirically at this point. I'm just kind of like, might as well lean into it. <laughs> Trauma response. Gotta unlearn those behaviors. That's true. Yeah, body count isn't real and it's like not a like important thing at all and no one should ever ask you what it is yeah if someone asks you what your body count is that's weird creepy and invasive it's like it's no one, one's I'm business just a human being yeah <laughs> just have the one <laughs> the, do you, you guys know the one? like really weird part of like new age culture where they're like every time you have sex with someone you form a spiritual soul tie and it's not christian but it damn well 
feels that way. Okay, oh, how many this... soul ties do you have? Okay. <laughs> there was this episode of Angel where this one demon had to like um, pass through different bodies by having sex. So it was like it would pass into another body and then they'd like hook up with another person and they just like kept like having sex and like the parasite like went into them. It's like the worst STI. Yeah. I think <laughs> there was a movie like that too, but I yeah. don't remember. Yeah. There was a book. It was called, do you guys remember Peep? Mm-mm. No. It was like a young adult book about a virus. It's basically, it was, and it was like passed sexually, but it gave you like superpowers, but it also kind oh. of made you like a vampire. Wait, that sounds that cool. Sounds it was yeah. kind of a good book. It was a really a good book, but now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like, that was a Christian allegory. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I just remembered the first piece of media that mm-hmm. I like was that like before the the sexplanations youtube videos <laughs> that was like that was like uh is this what sex is did you guys ever read hush hush yes i love that book that book is so good it's like they should have had sex they should have had sex but the amount of tension and just like spicy like scenes yes, that I was, was like the oh my gosh is this like, sex? is this sex? Is this romance? Is this intimacy? That was the gateway to, like, now reading basically Outlander. just... like Yeah, like Outlander. <laughs> I think that I just remembered the first piece of, like, sex media that I consumed was this book called TTYL. Oh and it was... I think I read that. The book was, like, a, it looks like a web browser on yeah. every page. And it was people, like, chatting on, like, AOL or something. And they would be, like oh my God, she did this with this guy or whatever. And I was like, what does this mean? And then I would like look it up. (laughs) I think (laughs) my first experience with like sex media was like, I read books like Fablehaven and the Mysterious Benedict Society. They're just children's books. There's no sex in those books. Mm -hmm. But then I would like Google stuff and I, I found fan fiction, but I didn't know it was fan fiction. And that was kind of messed up. Of I was the Mysterious like, Benedict Society? Yeah. Like, they were like, like 12. I, they were aged up, technically, but it was still weird. It was it also was Kate and Renny, which is like, mm-mm, no. That's, Renny and Sticky for life. Um, But, and then there was, yeah, like, Kendra and her, like, unicorn boyfriend, Brandon, I guess, like, saw her coming out of the shower. <laughs> oh, I read that book, but I don't remember anything. What does it all mean? Brandon no. comes in, like, the fifth. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh. Okay. Mysterious Benedict Society? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was talking about Fablehaven. But yeah, Mir- Mysterious Benedict Society. I was Benedict like, who Society. are these people? <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, yeah. And then I read a lot of really weird fan fiction because that's what you do as a kid. Yep. True. Fan fiction smut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In middle school, I had a um, One Direction account. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you get smut? kidnapped? Did, they were there to take you away to be no. their slave? I didn't write, like, smut, but it was, like... Oh my god! It was also about Niall Horan, which was the most <laughs> embarrassing part. Not even Harry. Not no. even the hot ones. No. Damn. Uh, my first. So this is actually a really funny story. So when I was around like ten ish, I got like really into like I can't even remember what I was reading, but I was just reading like like the Maximum Ride books oh, yeah. and like just normal like young adult books. No. 
Um, anyways, um, so it was these Maximum Ride books. And then my mom saw them and she was like, I don't like that. This sounds like witchcraft, even though it really wasn't at all, even a little bit. And so she went to Big Lots and just t- picked a bunch of books out of the Big Lots book bin. And she was like, here are some more appropriate books for you. Mm. And one of them was titled Bad Moon Rising. And it was literally about a bunch of like werewolves and people that like fall in love and fuck. Like very, her, have sex. Like, (laughs) (laughs) gruesomely. And gruesome, like really, (laughs) like it was really descriptive. So, like, just like graphically, it was graphically. I mean, there there wasn't any like blood and guts. There was a little bit of blood during the sex. Yeah, that's not good. Is it like a mating bite situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that stuff was gross and weird. But I was ten, and I my mom just handed me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Maximum Ride wasn't even witchcraft. It was it like genetic it was mutation. Ge- yeah, it's like science. My, I don't know what my mom is on at that time, but she's the reason I am the woman I am today. <laughs> and then she made me sign a purity contract <laughs> three years later after she handed me an erotica book to read. <laughs> this is your fault, Mom. Is this narrows? This one's for you. While we're on the topic of of our sex education medias, do we want to talk about some of the good, the bad, and ugly of of sex ed and TV shows? Porn is bad. Porn is porn well. Is bad. Ethical porn is good, and it can be a really good mm-hmm. thing and tool porn to use within sex. But Pornhub porn and and like super like free porn is really bad mm-hmm. and is almost always involving someone being exploited. Uh, but ethical porn does exist. So if you are going to consume pornography, go to OnlyFans. <laughs> go to OnlyFans. Even there are, are better. We to say that? There are like <laughs> other are things to? too. But you know, do your research. Um, I feel Sex Education is probably one of the only shows that like adequately shows puberty and like sexual development in a non-romanticized, inclusive way. That's fair. I think sex education is also, for as much as it is entertaining, Mm -hmm. I think it is sometimes genuinely educational. I saw a TikTok, which was not as graphic as I'm about to make it seem, of a guy giving himself an enema for the first time to prepare for gay sex. Mm -hmm. And the only reason he knew how to do it was because of that one scene in Sex Ed. What's an enema? It's when you squirt water up the butt to clean out the colon. I I I up the butt laxative. Yeah. Okay. Well, used to oh, take so medications so there's by no, like, enema as well. In there when he puts his pee pee in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so to clean it out. Or I think there are also colonics that oh, people take. They go col- so a colonic goes higher than the col- than the colon uh. into the large intestine. <laughs> <laughs> And you can have a high colonic, which mm. like goes all the way up, or like a low colonic, which just goes. Dude, my way IBS up. could never. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally hurting my stomach to talk about this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think sex ed is probably one of the only things that was good because it also makes it awkward. Because part of it is funny and awkward. Like it's kind of funny, like when you're like a teenager and you're like discovering sex for the first time. It's awkward and funny, and like that's just how it goes. You can't laugh at yourself, and you can't laugh at yourself during sex what can you laugh at so true so true retweet um i think shows that like i'm so sorry 
do you want to go? Oh, I was just going to say, I hate to say it, but I think Glee does some pretty good stuff with sex ed. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and also, like, Glee was where I learned the word lesbian, like, and they end up talking a lot. They have, like, sort of special episodes where, like, the teacher, sh- Will, has to, like, sit down the kids and, like, talk to them about stuff and, like, explain that you can't get pregnant from a hot tub. Um, <laughs> that was a, Wait, a big, big Yeah, so th- this girl Quinn, she was pregnant, and she told Finn that it was his baby because they were dating. And she said, yeah. So then she said that it, he was like, we never even had sex. And she was like, oh, when we were in the hot tub and you, like, jizzed um, when we were making out. And he was, she was like, they swam into me. But really, she had sex with his best friend, Puck, and that's how she got pregnant. But Finn believed that he got her pregnant through the hot tub. Spoilers for season one of Glee. <laughs> so sorry, Finn. I did not even know that was what the show was about at all. I, I thought mean, it was just, like, a musical. It's not a I mean, that, yeah. but that is a plot line. Yeah, and they do talk a decent amount about like queer identities. There's a trans character later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so while it's clumsy and it, it's not the best, it it does some stuff that a lot of other shows never did, and it taught mm-hmm. me stuff. So I will say, Glee has I think a similar. Glee has a a problem that a lot of shows have, like Riverdale, like shows like Riverdale. Like to, I think, uh, uh, with euphoria, with euphoria, that's the vampire diaries, twilight, the taking characters who are 15, 16, 17 and having them not only played by, you know, 20 somethings, but put in very adult situations that 15, 16, 17 year olds, like should never never be in. And if you casted a 15, 16, 17 year old in these roles, it would suddenly become very disturbing. Yeah. The, the, it romanticizes children being groomed, preyed upon and put into incredibly adult situations that they are not capable of fixing themselves. Like with Euphoria specifically, I love Euphoria, and I I could go on a rant about Euphoria forever, and I'm not going to because we're running out of time. Um, but it it really rom- like I feel like it tried to make like a social like critique on like this is where our teenagers are at, this is what they're doing, this is the fentanyl epidemic, they're in their social media, all this stuff, and what it did instead, and what people took it as uh, was an aesthetic. They romanticized and made teenage trauma an aesthetic. That's all the euphoria, the glitter under the eyes, fashion, postmodernism is. It's making trauma an aesthetic. And that kind of makes me want to die. Very well spoken. And I mean, in euphoria, in Riverdale, and in Glee, we see a lot of, you know, in almost all of those, these... 16-year-olds are pursuing their teachers, pursuing adult men who want to sexualize them. Oh, they're not pursuing them. The adult is grooming them. Yeah. Like it is like, but they really try to make it they like really the try teenager to make wants seem, it. In in Glee, Rachel wants to like be married to Mr. Yeah. Shu. To be fair, he does shut that down. He does shut that fair. down, which is good. Yeah. Some other people bare don't. minimum. Bare yeah. minimum. And Riverdale Mrs. should get shot. So <laughs> you know, and uh, pedophiles Good deserve that. Her. Well, in my high school, the coach that groomed people got arrested. So. In my high school, the principal who 
groomed people also got arrested. I thought you were about In to say he's still school, there. In my high school, the teacher <laughs> who groomed people also got arrested. Isn't it funny how all of our high school experiences involved a teacher grooming some child? Oh, we Mine can was talk middle about school. Mm. Damn you, Mr. Compton. <laughs> He's in prison now. It's fine. As, oh my he, God. as he should be. I don't remember be. the teacher's name, so I don't want to say Mr. Fetty. It. Kirkland um, Shipley. First and last. Pop up. I think it was Mr. Black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... Uh, they really try to make it look like the kid is like mm-hmm. wanting it. And then you start justifying it in your head. Like, well, maybe if that were me, like maybe they're just really mature. Yeah. All that is, is putting you in the shoes of the pedophile. All mm-hmm. you're doing then is sympathizing and logicking with yourself like the pedophile did. Yeah. Let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mr. Shu was creepy, though. Yeah, he definitely well, he didn't understand boundaries. No. This and isn't a Glee episode. We'll we, save we that for our We can talk about predatory podcast. high school teachers another time. True, honestly. We could do a whole episode on I that. I think we've kind of beaten the dead horse about, you know, there's very poor sex education mm-hmm. nationally. And it, 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 it is coming, uh, Nebraska-ly specifically. <laughs> it comes from... The fact that we are based in a puritanical society, we were started by Puritans and will probably end with Puritans. Um, And the reason that like rape culture and sexual assault are so incredibly prominent is because if we can't even speak about sex with the sobriety that it deserves, we will never be able to talk about sexual assault or rape with the sobriety that it deserves. And so I think we've talked about that. We've talked about how the result of this is, you know, kids turn to media and like they think that's what sex is, whether it's like Riverdale or Glee or Euphoria. God, I hope nobody's turning to Euphoria (laughs) thinking that's what sex is, Um, you know, or porn. And so then they have just really unrealistic expectations of sex and your body. Um, There are a lot of really great educators out there. Uh, the Sex with Emily podcast is great. She has a doctorate in sexuality. Uh, sexplanations is also a good thing to pursue. Uh, there are books. There are YouTube channels, podcasts with actual scientific and inclusive information if you're not getting it. And not by four random college kids. If and you- not by four <laughs> random college kids, people with actual degrees. Well, we're funny, so that's the difference. And if you do want funny and informative, John Oliver has a really good segment on last his show last week tonight where he talks about the failures of sex ed in America and then he breaks down um, what sex ed should be with some people like Wanda Sykes. I love that. Love yeah. Wanda Sykes. Mm-hmm. Well then before we leave, do we want to dispel a couple of uh, rapid fire sex myths? Rapid fire? Who wants yeah. to go first? Um, it's not supposed to hurt when you have sex for the first time and you have a vulva. The only reason it does hurt for people with vulvas is because they are not aroused enough and they are not properly lubricated. Um, it's not supposed to hurt when you have sex for the first time. Off that, it's not good to be quote unquote tight in your vaginal area. That just means that you're not aroused and yes. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with using lube if you need lubrication. I use lube every time. Just make sure that if it's that makes you not feel better. flavored, um, because that'll give you a yeast infection. And if it 
cools, warms, or tingles, something's wacky there. True. That's icy hot. Just get <laughs> you put icy hot on that it. That KY intense. <laughs> Just get something water based, please, for the love of God. Um, yeah, if if lesbians are in a relationship and one of them uses a sex toy, um, then it's not the same thing as heterosexual sex. That's not the same thing mm-hmm. as a guy and a dude. Lesbians can do whatever they want, and neither of them are actually the man. And if they enjoy penetration with a dildo, that does not necessarily mean that they want to be with men. And they could enjoy um, sex with uh, trans women. And I just want you to know that when a trans woman has been on E for uh, estrogen for a while, um, her dick will get really like soft and smooth. And that's what we call estrogen dick. Hell yeah. Um, being bisexual is a thing. Just because you date a man does not mean you're straight, or you date a woman does not mean you're a lesbian or gay if you're a man or identify as a man. Mm-hmm. I'm babbling. <laughs> if uh, a man wants his uh, prostate or his anus stimulated, it does not mean he's gay. It just means he is into butt play. Not all gay people are tops or bottoms. A lot of them choose not to use those labels. A lot of them are switches, and no straight people are either. Um, If a lesbian has had sex with men in the past, such as me, that does not invalidate their lesbianism, even if they may have a couple times enjoyed that sex, if they identify as a lesbian now, they're a lesbian, and you don't get to decide um, if what the boundaries are and who they're attracted to. So TERFs can go suck it. Hell yeah. Uh, Sex is not consensual with the absence of a no. It is only consensual with an enthusiastic participation and an enthusiastic yes. Yes. So true. I don't have any other ones. Get tested. Get tested in between partners. You have to. Or Um, you should if you're responsible. No, I'm, no, I'm just telling you. For, yeah. It's a PSA yeah, for you know, the gonorrhea capital of mm. Nebraska. On the subject, a lot of STIs can be cured. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of them, but a lot of them. So there shouldn't be as much shame as there is in admitting that you have one and in getting the medical mm-hmm. treatment that you need. And the ones that are not curable have a lot of really wonderful treatments that make life pretty normal for people that are infected. Also, HPV is not detectable within people with penises. It is only detectable within people with vulvas. So get tested in between partners um, and get your Gardasil vaccine. If you do not want to have sex and you've never had a sex drive and you are not sexually attracted to anyone, that is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. You are not abnormal. That's a perfectly normal way to feel. Um, If you just like touching yourself and that's as far as you want to go, go off. You're killing it. True. Pop off. Please don't make us do a third round. (laughs) Okay. I was struggling with that last one. I think we covered the basics. Yeah. We covered (laughs) a lot of stuff. Over covered the basics. <laughs> Not really, There's so much to talk so about. So much to talk about. And that's what the gay mm, episode two is for. We'll be back if you want us. If, if you'll accept us back into your podcast <laughs> you room, the game. <laughs> like and subscribe so we know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that has been Jonna, Sydney, Emma, and Haley. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to thank you for playing the game. <laughs> <laughs>